Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have Donna with me today. Um, uh, and I hope I don't say your name, it's Ricardo, correct? Yes. All right, got it. So Donna is a naturally introverted, uh, is naturally introverted, and once was so terrified of people that she couldn't even look someone in the eye and talk to them at the same time. Um, anything extroverted you observe in her has been learned. Donna's original career was as a hairdresser. She was so afraid of people that she says it was divine intervention that led her there, because there was no earthly reason she would ever have done that. She was later down to drawn to teach and confronted her fear of public speaking at first training other hairdressers. She later became a trainer in the personal training and development company and coached thousands of people to fulfill on what matters most to them. Donna has participated in Toastmasters public speaking clubs for over 10 years and has earned the highest award of Distinguished Toastmaster. She has trained an NLP practitioner. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Uh, she is a current and active member of the National Speakers Association. And Donna now speaks professionally, sharing with entrepreneurs what it really takes to show up, speak up, and get what you want from business and in life. The name of her business is Red Stiletto. Welcome, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me today. So, how? So, let me ask: How did you go? I mean, it kind of goes through in your intro here a little bit, but what was that step that you had to take to get out of your comfort zone to start? You know, um, you know, in the hairdressing business and actually, you know, communicate with your prospects and customers and and really, you know, draw draw that out in people when you have a conversation. Well. Is it okay if I share something a little woo-woo with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, good. So after I was a hairdresser for several years, I moved to New York City to get great training, went through an intense apprenticeship, and had worked my way into becoming a stylist in a top salon. And I was thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. And I'd walk around, walk home from work, walk to work, you know, just whenever I was somewhere by myself. Just asking, what's next? Now what? What's next? Now what? And that went on for a very long time. I'm sure it was probably at least a year. And one day, wandering home from work, I was asking yet again and listening and listening yet again. But this day, I heard an answer. And what I heard was teach. That was it, one word. But it was crystal clear, there was no mistake. There was no doubt, and I started then looking for opportunities to teach. And so the first thing that showed up was a hair show opportunity where, I'll just, you know, long story short, I found myself on stage getting introduced and so terrified no words were coming out of my mouth that they had to take the microphone from me, and I had to leave the stage. And I realized that public speaking is different than teaching even though public speaking includes teaching and teaching includes public speaking, somehow my hairdresser mind, those two just somehow didn't go together and I had to go out and learn. So I did, I went out and learned and ended up in 
those different places that you already shared when you introduced me, which wow. all, you know, rolled forward to what I'm doing now. Wow. So, so what was the first step? Was it uh, the, just jumping into the hairdressing industry or did you first start with like Toastmasters or where was the starting point? Actually, both of those. So I jumped into Toastmasters and then I discovered that one of the ways I can teach, because I wanted to work with other hairdressers and help them learn some of the things that I got from having moved to New York, knowing that everyone isn't going to do that. And I got with a product manufacturer. And so I went salon to salon teaching other hairdressers on products and on haircutting techniques. So I, while doing the Toastmasters, so that's where it all started. Wow. That's crazy. And, and uh, so how long did it take you to get all your ums out from Toastmasters? I'm not sure I'm really even there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that ever goes completely away. My, 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 the one I say a lot is, you know, I, I tend to say, you know, just a ton when they start counting it. It's like, Oh, wow. Uh, it's kind of almost embarrassing. You kind of feel like, wow, how did, how do I not realize that I say that? Um, exactly. I think my favorite one is so. I really could start every sentence with it and my audience would really want to go screaming. <laughs> okay. And, and then can you tell me a little bit about uh, neuro-linguistic programming and kind of if people don't, aren't familiar with that, what that is and, and how that applies to what you do? Yeah. So the way I like to describe it, it, it's a fancy way of saying learning the language of your mind and how you communicate, which translates into how you communicate with others, which translates into the quality of your life. Because the quality of your communication dictates the quality of your life. So how that works in with what I'm doing now is it helps, I have different exercises that I can help people with that, that help them work through their fears about speaking. And because that's all about how they talk to themselves. Okay. And did, uh, did you have a specific mentor that you uh, learned that from or uh, I think I, I, I heard it. Tony Robbins back in the day, but I don't know if there's other teachers out there. It was actually around that time when he was in the beginning known as Anthony Robbins. And it was around that time when he was known for NLP, but I didn't learn from him. I honestly don't remember the person I learned from. All I remember is that his name was David and it was somewhere in New York City. <laughs> okay. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, we as we go through life, we learn stuff from all kinds of people, and sometimes you don't re even remember, um, you know, even even just sometimes watching, uh, you know, some educational programming on, you know, YouTube or something, and and you learn some takeaway that just phenomenally changes your business, and then you're kind of like, I wish I could give credit to somebody, but I have no idea where it came from. Um, just like that, yeah. I mean, you'd think I'd remember because I spent a year with him, but I I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 all right, and then. Um, how did you come up with uh, Red Stiletto for your company name? Well, I'd have to say that was <laughs> more of an inspired moment. I don't know, maybe about seven-ish years ago, I was on a just a phone call with a coach friend of mine, and we were talking about what's next and now what, and what would I be doing next? What should I be doing next? Where should I be looking? All of that. And it just came to me. And it wouldn't go away. So when the time came to have my own business, that was just like the other one. There was no mistake. There was no doubt that was the name of the company. Nice. I like the imagery of it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, bold and specific. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. 
you like the uh, the imagery of the uh, of the name, and I think that goes well with your business of you know educating people about their business and themselves and speaking and. Um, Oh, and before I get too far into things, I forgot. Um, I always like to say, where do we find you um, online? So we, you know, so they don't have to listen all the way to the end if they have to oh, yeah. go, you know, you know, a lot of times driving or something. But where, where yeah. can people find you to, to and get more information about you? Sure. DonnaRicardo.com. It's D-O-N-N-A-R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O.com. And they can get some speaking tips and have a look around and see what else there is. Perfect. And um, as you coach a lot of people on speaking, what's like maybe one or two of the biggest uh, challenges people have to come overcome and what tips do you give them to help them overcome those things? I think the biggest two things that I hear people say the most is having clarity and confidence or not having clarity and confidence. They're not really clear about what they want to say, how they want to say it, and they don't feel very confident about saying it. And it's really the same tip that goes with both of those. And the tip is this. And it's nothing new. It's nothing I made up. It's age old. And it is um, three words that sound a lot the same. Practice, practice, practice. Nice. You can throw prepare in there, right? But you need to be prepared. You need to be practiced. And that gives you confidence because then you have something to fall back on if mind goes blank. You know, if you know what you're going to say and how you're going to say it, that gives you the confidence to show up and be ready. Nice. Uh, it's not. It's not the tip of uh, that I always hear back in the day. Was just picture everybody naked or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, that one really never worked for me. No, I don't. I, think, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it made me want to cover my eyes and and run back to the back of the stage, but. <laughs> You know, kind of along those lines, what, you know, thinking of something other than what you're actually saying and making sure it lands with your audience that, you know, it used to be people would get told to, rather than looking at people or imagining them naked, they get told to scan the room, just look, you know, kind of look over the tops of their heads, graze the tops of their heads. No, 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 no. People can tell when you're not looking at them and what they want is to be connected, right? Our, our audiences are greedy. They want all of us. So do you suggest they make eye contact with individuals in the audience or how, how do you uh, teach that? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Although the person on stage, what is a lot of times I think actually can't see the people's eyes very well because the, the, the bright lights in their eyes, you know? So, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I definitely get the connection and uh, um, looking people in the eyes, the, the value of that. I know, uh, when, when somebody's talking to me and in a, from that, from stage down to me in the audience, um, you can really feel it when it, it seems like they're looking at you and, and making uh, eye contact. So, Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over a hundred thousand dollars in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Because they, they, they're making the effort. So there's a lot of speaking that goes on before you get to that big stage with those blinding lights. Yeah. There's a lot of speaking that happens. True. Everything from one-to-one -one networking. I say that one-to-one, -one, that networking is one-to-one -one public speaking. 
okay. everything from that to, you know, networking groups to summits and conferences. And, you know, and then you get all the way up to those big stages with the bright lights. And even then, you know, you still would look to a section, you know, you can't really see someone, but you want to make the effort to, as if you are, because people will still feel that intent to connect. Yeah. I think that's a great, great tip. What you're saying, like, uh, about, you know, a lot of the stages are smaller and, and, and you kind of want to build your way up to the bigger stages, I would imagine. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and I like, um, I used to do a ton of speaking at these, the little meetups groups and just going around and, and talking to a bunch of them or Toastmasters like you did. Uh, the National Speaker Association uh, here up in Minneapolis and was pretty active. Um, and uh, so... Um, you probably know some of the same people I do, I imagine, in the NSA, but... Uh, yeah, possible. Was that? I uh, said, so we'll have to talk about that later. Probably yeah, say, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no overnight sensations in the world of public speaking, as far as I know. Yeah. It's really learned. It's really learned. Yeah. So, um, so in the... Which, which state are you in again for the NSA? I'm in Colorado. I'm in Colorado. Colorado. The Denver chapter. Yeah, oh, very cool. Colorado, yeah. Yeah. So, and do you, um, um, do, do you speak then at some of those different conferences and events then locally there, I assume? Not with the NSA or through the oh. NSA. That's really more just, you know, for, for what you know, for our own, like, personal training and, yeah. Yeah. and connections and, yeah. and um, that yeah. sort of thing. But, but for net, I speak at the networking groups. Awesome. Okay. And um, so when, when you talk about, you know, practice, 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 do you, do you think people should memorize their talks or more um, like key? I don't know. I've, I've heard people say different stuff. Like some, you know, some say, like I do bullet points for the most part. I don't usually just have like a, but when I was younger, I used to have it all memorized. So I was curious if there's a better method or. I, I don't know that there's a, better ones certainly have very strong opinions about what's better by some people according to some people there seem to be two general schools of thought on this one would be to memorize and the other one would be to wing it and then there's the bullet points but that's i think leans more in the realm of um, being prepared than the winging but people can tell when you're winging it right and they it's not it's a message then that's more like just top of mind, just stream of consciousness coming out of a person's mouth, you know, and there's, you know, the odd person that is able to pull that off to some extent. But in the end, people want what they want. They want what they came for. They, it, there's always a what's in it for me that they want for this from the speaker. And to just ramble on, people don't really like that. They might be entertained by that person's personality, but, you know, it's not the ideal. In the ideal world, there's a real message and you're delivering some content of real value for the, for the audience. And, and the other thing about that is, too, you usually have time. You know, I, I don't really know too many instances where you can just go on however long you want, right? Usually you have a time slot and a certain amount of time you're given to speak. And if you're prepared and you memorize or at least make the effort to memorize it, you know you're going to honor that time, honor the, the speaker that comes after you, if there is one, honor the time of the audience. I mean, I was at a, um, I was at a networking event a couple months ago, and we had our speaker. We have a monthly speaker, and she came in, and she actually is a speaker trainer, and she went over time, and the organizer was furious. 
And you just don't want that because especially in the beginning, I mean, I think maybe almost always it's through relationships that you get the speaking opportunities and certainly don't want to anger your people that can give you opportunity. I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say most of my speaking things that I've done have been referrals or, or they, you know, or they heard me online or something, but, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, totally. You want to respect the people that are, uh, giving you the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that is really important. I agree. I definitely, absolutely. And, um, so do you have any tips on how to, um, well, I guess it gets down to practice. I was say how to, how to keep on time, you know, um, when you're speaking, cause it seems like, um, especially like a lot of the events where you're, it's more of a, like a BNI or something where you're kind of got, you got one minute or three minutes or whatever it is. And, and sometimes you like the person's like five minutes into a one minute, uh, you know, intro they're supposed to be doing and you're just going, Oh my goodness, what's going on here? So, but uh, do you have any uh, tips on keeping things, you know, tight and succinct and on time? I do. And speaking of BNI, this is actually how I developed it. I was the education coordinator in my BNI chapter. So weekly I had to create three minute little educational bits and at first, it may be crazy trying to figure out how to do that. Some people will do it by words, but I developed this little system to do it that seems to be fairly accurate, certainly close enough. So I don't do it by words. I've actually never done that. But if uh, you're a listener who likes to take some notes, this would be a good time to grab a pen and paper. And what I like to do is a 14-point font, aerial, double space, bullet points, and each bullet point has either a word or a complete sentence. And the word isn't a reminder word. You're writing out exactly what you're going to say. Okay. You're just dividing it up by, you know, like I'm like a word might be like, say, give a sentence and then a reaction might be no. Well, no gets its own bullet point. And then you go, each sentence is a full sentence because approximately one spoken page is one minute. Oh, okay. If you, if you format it like that. So it's double space. So 14 point font, aerial, double spaced, bullet points, one word to one succinct sentence will end up being about a page a minute spoken. Wow. That's a great tip. I, I actually don't think I've ever heard that one before. So no, I made it up. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a red stiletto original. It is. Awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah, I like that. And, um, yeah, I think um, that, and then uh, make sure you're hydrated, I, I find, uh, is a big thing when you're speaking, because um, after about five minutes into a talk, I'm just like, uh, just I can't talk anymore at all, so I got to stop and take a big swig of water and stuff. And so yes. be prepared for that. I think that's something I, I've forgotten a few times, and then you get up there, and you're like, uh, you know, and, and people... people <laughs> people are wanting you to finish your 10 minute talk or whatever you're doing. And you can't, you got to take a two minute break to get water because you can't talk anymore. It's kind exactly. of, embar- kind of embarrassing. I'll, I'll admit. Uh, from yeah. experience. And I would add um, not ice water either. Room temperature water. Room temperature. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would be the best. Is that easier on the larynx or on the throat or something or? easier on the throat and you're not clunking ice into your microphone you're not you know maybe you have sensitive teeth you're not dealing with that i mean it's just it's the most neutral thing least distracting least disruptive yeah okay do you have any um opinions on like 
you know, the look or the wardrobe or, or that sort of, you know, how you look on stage. You know, people have different <laughs> opinions on that, but. Um, yeah, I have lots of opinions on that. Uh, tell me one or two. I, like <laughs> I was in the beauty world and we were very fashion oriented. And so I lived in New York City. So, and it just also happens to be a personal interest of mine. So I would say mostly, see, there's that so. Mostly keep it simple. Keep it simple. Dress a little bit better than your audience. So you want to, you know, come across like you are in sync with them, part of them because you're offering something to them, you want them to be able to hear what you have to say, but you want to just be, look a little nicer because you're up in front of them too. So look a little bit better and try to be somehow in sync with what they're wearing, the types of things they're wearing. So you wouldn't, you know, show up in like a, a full on, you know, Hawaiian luau gala to a, some, an event with a bunch of accountants, let's say, you know, not that that's a little dramatic. Nobody would do that, but I would avoid for women um, statement necklaces. So you don't, you don't want to do anything. It's more things for women that, that don't do things that are going to distract away from your face and people listening to what you're saying. So not a lot of stuff going on down around the, the neck and throat and avoid uh, big earrings because it depends if you have one of those microphones that it can clunk against. It's going to, that, that it's going to. Keep the hair out of the face and that way, one, people can see your face, and two, you're not tempted to mess with it while you're speaking. That can be very distracting. Another thing that can be distracting for ladies is long necklaces. I'm sure I'm not the only one that plays with my long necklace while I'm speaking, so now I, I have to, uh, they're banned from my speaking outfits. <laughs> um, and then, you know, again, mostly these are for ladies, but if you're on a panel and say you're on a stage, well, in general, for a speaker, I would avoid a short skirt. I just would avoid the short skirt in general. It just looks young and not as professional. And if you're on a panel, especially avoid that short skirt and even a flowy skirt because you're, you're up there and people's eye uh, level are at your knees. So, you know, if your skirt's short, that's going to make you uncomfortable and they're going to be looking up your skirt. <laughs> so it's not good on any level, that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. So short skirt, high heels, not a good, not a good combo. Okay. Not very professional under with or without the panel. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. And then as for, for men, um, are the big, bright, bold ties good or bad? As far as if it takes away, if it's distracting, anything that is distracting away from your face, not so good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, unless you have that kind of personality, which I think a lot of like, speakers are more introverted than you might think. Mm. And unless you've got that big, bold personality and you're going to overpower that distraction, don't do it. Yeah. I sometimes use it in my speech and talk about my tie. But so, well, so, right. so that's, I, I kind of do it for a reason sometimes. But, but yeah, I, I kind of um, wonder about that if, um, if, I don't, yeah, if I don't overpower the tie. Uh, it becomes more of a distraction than an asset to helping uh, with with anything I'm doing. So, um, right, it has to be intentional. Yeah, it's and then really I see some of the younger speakers. They got the ball caps on, and they're they're in their jeans. And uh, I'm not sure. Um, I guess it's, maybe it's part of their their they're t usually talking about generational stuff. So I I think maybe it works there. But but no, but I don't think I would be caught wearing that type of stuff uh, speaking personally for me. But I'm but I'm old so. 
right. Well, again, you want to, you know, sometimes it's appropriate. My husband's an engineer, and so he says engineers are always showing up in jeans, right? But when he has to speak for something, he wears, you know, he has some really awesome shirts and really, really great shoes, right? And then he's got the jeans, and they're nice jeans. They're not jeans he cleans the yard in. True. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and like, I think even like, it seems like Steve Jobs and some of those guys, they wear, you know, stuff that is not suits or ties or, you know, that, I mean, more, a little bit more casual. So I guess it depends on the audience and, and, uh, cause at the end of the day, it's all about them, not about the speaker. Um, yes. That really is the point there. Absolutely. You know, and then sometimes there are the occasional person like a Steve Jobs, they're just, you know, look, he rose to the, you know, fame and success he had and, you know, he's just going to do his own thing, however he's going to do it. And there are those people, right? And they can get away with it, but that's not most of us. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. And so, um, so how long have you been uh, with, like, how long have you been, like, um, in the limelight doing the speaking and the teaching and stuff like that um, through, the, through uh, your different uh, platforms there? I think from when I first started, it's probably about 30 years. Okay. I knew you you were a seasoned veteran, but I wasn't sure. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. And and do you um, do you still find that you uh, go back and 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 pull things from back back in your hairstyle days uh, that are still applicable today a lot? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I have a good friend that. Um, we were actually in BNI together and she was a hair, she's a hairstylist and she went started doing the training and stuff. And now she moved out of state, but, uh, and, uh, uh, got married down there and all that's fun stuff. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, but I kind of, I kind of see how, you know, one can translate to the other, you know, from, you know, so once you start teaching other people and then you can, you know, move that into other areas. And it's just, uh, I can see it being a good place for uh, a new person that's interested in speaking uh, to possibly even look at as a temporary career to help them get to that next level. I mean, there's probably other places too, but, um, but is there any, um, that's probably a good question. Is there any good places um, that you feel like, uh, you know, backgrounds or jobs or different things people could start to kind of help build those skills needed to be a better speaker? I think anybody can learn to be a better speaker because ultimately it's communication. And mm -hmm. I think Toastmasters is a great place to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that, Toastmasters, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've only been to, I think, twice, and but it was pretty cool. I, I probably should go check it out again. Um, there's some pretty good speakers there and some and some and and lots of uh, people getting better. So. Yes. Well, you know, the name of it is really, I mean, Toastmasters is known for public speaking clubs. But yeah. the full name of the organization is Toastmasters leadership and communication. Ah, very cool. And so um, how do you um, leverage speaking to grow your business? I was curious about that. Yeah, well, I have a, what you call a signature talk, which it's really a, a promotional talk at what you call a speak to sell talk. It's designed to, there are several sections. The way it's structured is to connect with the audience then you teach them something based on your expertise. So not talking about your business or talking about yourself, but teaching them something relevant to your expertise and then making them some kind of an offer, depending on the product or service that you're offering. It could, but it could even be as simple as um, an offer to connect further and have a one-to-one -one call. Like I have what 
I named a Speak Up Discovery Call. It's a one-to-one -one conversation. Mm -hmm. I have a course that I'll be bringing out this fall. And so then I might offer that. So it just depends on how much time you have to speak, what, what you might offer. But it's a way to reach more people at once and have a, an already prepared something. So it's different than keynoting where you might, you know, motivational or inspirational talks where you might go into a company and speak about something that they want you to speak about. This is where you're speaking to your ideal client and audience of your target market, talking about something that they would be interested in that's relevant to your experience and then offering, you know, to connect further for them to buy something from you. Okay. And if somebody wants to, uh, kind of maybe get on a pre-list to get your course, uh, you know, and kind of start that conversation. Um, do they just go to your website or what's the, the best way to make that happen? Yeah, they could go to my website and they could sign up for the speaking tips that I have on there. And they, um, I just renamed it, which I can't remember what the name of it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thinking of the old name, but I know I just renamed it, but it's, um, so it's seven tips, okay. seven tips to, um, improve your public speaking. It's got a better name than that, but it's something okay. like that. <laughs> and then when they sign up for that uh, download, then they'll yes. be in a mailing list or something, I assume, so you can notify them when the course comes out. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. And um, so, our, so this podcast, we try to talk a little bit about revenue. Um, is there a couple tips that you would say, um, I guess kind of what you just covered probably honestly, but um, any tips to help grow your revenue uh, using public speaking or uh, uh, talking to people, communication? Well, the, yeah, like pretty much what, yeah, what I was just saying is yeah. getting in front of more people at once. Yep. So you're not having those one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one conversations or finding those one-to-one -one people. You may still have those one-to-one -one conversations, but reaching more people at once. And then also having some kind of a program, if possible. Group coaching is another great way to do it. Okay. Very cool. Well, awesome. Well, Donna, I really appreciate being on the show today. Uh, I think uh, I learned a lot and I'm sure everybody else did too. And uh, just excited to, to see what, uh, what your course looks like when that comes out. So make sure to keep us in touch. Maybe when that comes out, maybe you can come back and speak again with us. That'd be great. I love that. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody and have a wonderful day until we talk again soon.